Welcome back to the Free by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evan Williams, and this is episode 17. Life's all about being inspired. I was lucky enough to recently meet two fellow travelers who really inspired me. Samba and Teko from Kambiwasi. They left quite an impression on me, and I'm grateful to have met them. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with them. We dive in deeper into the realities of van life. It's such a fun chat. Let's just get right into it. Here's part two of my conversation with Samba and Teko. Enjoy. Okay, so... Often, especially with van life, people post, as I said, on Instagram, the most idyllic scenes of, you know, waking up and you open up the tailgate and there's the beach. And I know that that happens, but (laughs) it's not the reality. So I want to, I want to pivot into some reality questions, if you don't mind. Um, So as a single guy, one of my main apprehensions, apprehensions is worrying about, um, Solitary. It's just the life being a little bit more solitary, uh, especially if I would be traveling by myself. Mm-hmm. Do you ac- actually find that it is lonely on the road? I mean, you guys are traveling together, which helps. Right. But apart from that, do you actually find it to be lonesome? I personally have never been lonesome uh, traveling in my bus. Um, by yourself? Know, by myself, no. It's, 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 I never experienced that. You know, I'm just happy where I am with my bus. I love to be my bus. I love driving. I love meeting people and seeing new places. So uh, for me, it's been exciting all the time. My de- do have I had downtimes? Yes, of course I have. You sure. know? Sometimes I do miss my kids. Yeah, but, but that's transitory. It doesn't last very long. Yeah. But lonely? No. Okay. Lonesome? No. And I I think that, yeah, if you're in your vehicle and you're off in the middle of nowhere or you have a hard time interacting with people, you know, Uh that could be a challenge. But, you know, here in San Cristobal, we're staying at the hostel. We have access to the hostel. We can go in and we've met lots of great places here in Puebla. There were a lot of really awesome people in the hostel. So you put yourself in a place of interacting or you become a recluse in your Airbnb, your hostel, or your van. Yeah. You know, if you need interaction, go to a town. Even, you know, a town where you don't speak the same language. You know, we we were in Brazil where they spoke Portuguese. I don't really speak Spanish. I've learned a lot in the last couple of years. He doesn't speak Portuguese. And we made great friends. I mean, some of our really great friends, we still don't speak the same language. And we still interact on Facebook all yeah. the time. And it's where you're going to put yourself. You're going to put yourself out there to, in any kind of traveling, where I learned is how to communicate was simple. Make a fool of yourself. Yeah. Do whatever it takes to convey it. Charades is the best game so ever. True. It's so <laughs> true. Oh, my God. Yeah. I couldn't speak to anyone until we went to Brazil. And he started trying to talk to the people in the bakery about trying to get foods that fit our need without having the language. And he was clucking like a chicken and mooing like yeah, a cow. Yeah, one chicken, right? So I go, That's a great memory. 30 yeah, people were laughing. <laughs> the lady behind 
find us, invited us to her house, oh, and invited us oh, to stay with her. I love I these mean, stories. This is, don't, you can't be just hiding in a shell hoping someone speaks your language. you got to jump out there and... Oh, I learned we went, we, as soon as we left there, everywhere I went, I was talking to everyone and yeah. other travelers that we met and buses like, we thought she didn't speak Spanish. How's she talking to everyone? I'm all making airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, just have fun yeah. with it. You're Jesus right. You need to make a fool of yourself. I tell yeah. myself, if I don't make a fool of myself every day, <laughs> that I'm not learning. I'm not yes, growing. So oh my gosh, I have the best conversations so with yeah. people. Yeah. He would go off and had to take care of business. I would just go sit in the Mercado, and I brought, I got us you know some craft things to do and sit there. And the indigenous ladies were huddling around me trying to learn oh, from me, and I'm yeah. trying to learn from them. And we're all just they're speaking so Quechua cool. and I'm speaking English. We got nothing. And that is it was so cool. The most amazing you know, memories. One thing that uh, we believe that is not right, it's, it's not correct, is that when we try, we go to a country and we don't speak the language. We feel embarrassed ourselves, you know. Maybe they don't want to hear us, you know, broken Spanish or Russian or whatever. But in fact, when you speak a language of someone else, it is a compliment to that person that you're making an effort to communicate in the language. You're giving validity to the language and that individual cultural roots. So trying to speak a language is not only a good thing for you, the speaker, but it's a compliment for the person that is receiving you, you know? And what happens is that they open up. They open a world that otherwise you won't see if you don't try to speak the language. Yeah, it breaks that down too. barriers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. And this actually brings me to uh, my next question, um, what I'm really curious about. Do you find that people in different, since you've, you've traveled um, so much, in just in the Americas, mm -hmm. do you find that there's certain areas where people are generally more open-minded to the van life? Uh, well, I could tell you hours about that, <laughs> but for instance, Colombia. <laughs> Colombia is a country that, what do we think of Colombia? Bad things, okay? Mm -hmm. Drugs, right. blah, blah, blah. Colombia is one of the most beautiful countries. I'm not talking about earthwise. I'm talking about the people of the Colombia. Friendliest people one of the friendliest met. people. They're so friendly. They're so friendly that you're driving in your bus yeah. and they honk at you yeah. and they open your window and oh, they give you money gas for gas. Money. Okay? Gas money. They drive in. Seriously. Yeah, this is a story. This is a real this story. This happened to us. You're driving in your bus and they say, follow me, follow me. And you go to gas station, they fill your tank. That's incredible. We stopped and asked to use it's someone's amazing. restaurant in a little store and we left. We still have our ponchos oh, and our little, little, us. you know, all sorts of things and candies and everything. She was just so excited. They give you food, That's clothes, places to live. It's, it's incredible. But everyone, everyone <coughs> is so excited about van life. We were, we, we were driving down in South America. Everyone's pretty isolated to their little regions or their towns or their countries. And they all have these fears, like we hear in the mm -hmm. States, don't go there, you know, it's dangerous yeah. down there. Well, they have the same stories about the next town over. Yeah. But we drove and we parked in the Plaza de Armas in the center of town everywhere. And we were welcomed. If the cops came to our door to see what bad things we were doing, they left. They bang on their doors with their full armor and their giant guns. And, and they leave giving us hugs. They leave giving us hugs, telling us right. they tell the next That's person fantastic. first. Everyone in every country embraced us. Bolivia yeah, would pull over to someone's house. 
because we're out in Illinois and you don't necessarily want to stay in the middle of the highway or something. But if you find someone's house, you know, you could say, hey, can we just pull over and park? Everyone welcomes Everyone us. Everyone welcomes us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. What's been the least welcoming? Least welcoming? Oh, Honestly. I know. I know. Okay, so Chile. Chile was yeah. was was it, it was very different. Chile was, it was a very different, different country. Yeah, even more so than the states. Ah, uh, the states is okay. Well, that's world. a whole other yeah. story. Yeah. That's a compare. that's yeah. another okay. story. No. Okay. No. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult in the states. Yeah, I I, I, think I so. believe so because believe it's so. just the 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 bureaucracy, the restrictions, the policies. Yeah. Uh, here you have in all of Latin America, you have the right to to take care of yourself, create your own home, find a way to make an income. No one's trying to prevent you from doing that. If you're in the States, you need to have a license. You need to have this number, yeah. your federal number. If you're caught doing any of that, it's a problem. You can't park in the street. You can't camp Litigious. anywhere. You can't do, you can't do anything. Yeah. And to be able to have that style of life in the States, you've got to be a lot more savvy. It's it's like the the program I was talking about, the app I was talking about. It's not used in the states. Mm. And my I don't post things on there because I'm sure some bureaucracy is going to look at it, figure out where we're staying, and take it away. Some yeah. of our favorite camp spots over the last couple of years in the states have been closed because obviously some bureaucracy has bureaucrat has seen That's it, and, you know. Yeah. So here. It's a lot freer. So in in, in in that that you know, more uncomfortable. I think it was just the culture of Chile, how they interact when you talk to people. They just have a very different culture than the others, and it was it was very challenging to deal with the people asking you know trying to buy stuffs in the mercados. They're just not interested in the way we're used to being received. Yeah, that you found in all other Latin America or even in the states. They just have a different way of interacting with people that we never got in touch with. It's interesting. Yeah, safety is a big issue for travelers, and I'm not saying that's how it is, but my experience has been that I'm more fearful for my safety in the United States than I am in Latin America. Me too. There's wow. no question about it. There's and no question about it. It's yeah. funny too because a lot of times people ask me the same question, and honestly, the place that I felt the most in danger is my hometown. In Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I never hear gunshots. <clears throat> I grew up with gunshots going off. Yeah. I grew up for a part of my, you know, youth in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Apartments, my cars got, you know, things taken from them. Gunshots all the time. Yeah. My sister was held up by gun just down the street from her. Yeah. Okay, and all of our trip, two years in all of South America, Central America, and all the way back, we were in a very big, you know, not, you know, a big, huge city, North Peru, that you're supposed to be, you know, you need to be more conscious. You could just tell going in there, trying to buy a car part, someone stole my phone. But in uh, two years, yeah, in two years. This was my next question, is about the break-ins. And that was it. That was the only thing I can consider yeah. a negative thing. And that's, I could have dropped my phone. I could have broke it. You know, it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. I might have felt that way for a day or two, but right. we got another Absolutely. phone. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of upset. Yeah, it's like your world's turned upside down. But that happens, happens in the states, sure, all the time. Yeah. So what about break-ins? Has that helped? Has that happened? Never. Never been? To Never. me, okay, to me, you gotta use common sense. You yeah. know, nothing is perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the countries are beautiful, but there's always individuals that will break into things in any culture and country mm-hmm. you are. So use common sense. Sure. For instance, in our in our in Kombiwasi, we have locks that we lock from inside. And if anybody wants to come and open the door, well, they can't because it's locked from inside. Yeah. You know, so little things like that. Make sure that you don't leave anything in value visible. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. don't flaunt your your money or whatever. It's just yeah. it's common sense. Completely. <laughs> One of the yeah. benefits is uh, the kind of car we drive. The car mm. we drive was mass produced. There are millions of them everywhere. They're usually taxis. They're not flaunting anything. Even here in San Cristobal, they're all just taxis and work cars going around. You know, some of them have little curtains, but there's nothing going on inside. We keep our curtains closed. Yeah. You don't show people. We're driving, the, the, you know, a kind of a lower-end little humble car that yeah. isn't flaunting big in. U.S. Yeah. wealth. You know, right. You're not showing exactly. up in your you know, overland <clears throat> six-wheel drive monster car right. which says hey exactly so uh, the simpler and yeah the simpler like the, the sprinter van all decked out it's, and, yeah, it's a right. thing yeah. 2016 and just shiny new right exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. it's just I gotta say it's funny that we were talking about gunshots we had the window open here and then they had the fireworks going <laughs> <laughs> so if that picks up that would just be really funny so I remember we here brought gunshots gunshots so one of the things that I would I would envision as being really devastating if it happens because not only is the van your vehicle, but it's also your home, mm-hmm. is a breakdown. Um, how do you guys handle yeah. that? Because I looked through your, your posts well, and I see you had a, you had a couple couple breakdowns. The reality of the kind <laughs> You're talking of, about mechanical breakdowns? The reality, yeah, yeah. The, reality <laughs> the reality of the kind of car we're driving <laughs> is, although it's enough, humble, simple car that may not be the most desirable to steal in these countries, mm-hmm. it is also not necessarily known as the most reliable car. Yeah. And um, being a person who's driven this kind of car around for my whole adult life, yeah. the last 30 years, I can work on it myself. We showed up in Peru. The first thing we did, and I don't know how I did it, I left him to work on the interior of the bus. I got in a taxi in a country I had Sesame Street Spanish and <laughs> drove around. Agua, hola. Uno, dos, tres. And I drove all over Cusco, which is, imagine, you know, just sprawling. a huge, sprawling city. Uh-huh. And he translated a few words of the parts and things I wanted. And I drove around drawing pictures for everyone and bought every part I needed. Wow. She came back with all these tools and all the parts with it. I said, how did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> but in, in, but in, yeah, in these that. old Volkswagen, <laughs> yeah. the small motor, especially Mexico or South America, yeah. they have different you know, expectations and things. They break down all the time. You yeah. either learn to work on it or you're willing to pay a mechanic, which in, this, in, in South America, it was $200 to rebuild your whole engine. In the United States, $3,000. Yeah. So... 200 bucks is nothing, yeah. but it's probably going to break down another couple <laughs> thousand miles anyway. <laughs> breakdowns do happen. As a matter of fact, it was breakdowns that made us write a saying in the back of Kambiwasi. Yeah. And the saying is in Spanish, but it basically means the journey is what you find when you're not looking for anything. One day we were sitting, the bus broke down. 
we're sitting there and all these people start welcoming, blah, blah, blah. And we realize that every time the bus broke down, we had an amazing experience. Really? You know? So breakdowns are just part of our life. We say, so, it's you know, we say the bus takes care of us. It always breaks down somewhere nice. But isn't the reality of it truly your perception of the situation? Yeah. It's your perception. We you break down, it starts having this issue. We've got to pull the engine. We're in the middle of nowhere, Bolivia. Five minutes ago, we passed this little itty bitty little, I don't even know if it would be big enough to be a town. We turn around, we pull up, we kind of park beside, you know, the. The town elders, you know, five older gentlemen wearing oh, their the indigenous girls, kind yeah. of suits or something. They come to question us. They, 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 you know, accept us. And the next day we're in the school basketball court with all the little kids watching us pull the engine and get ready. And we're teaching the mechanics. And yeah. what of all of Bolivia, that's our favorite memory. It was so unique to sit in this mm -hmm. little town. We were, we had already passed. We, you know, let's just keep going. I mean... What is this little no-name town? It's not in any of our books. It's not in any of our... Yeah. Why? That has my heart. That is my town in Bolivia. Can't be wise. He told you to slow down. Absolutely. She does. My son's... You know, I gave him one of my other buses. And, you know, it just took care of him really well. Kept breaking down on him everywhere. <laughs> and he would be like... And these people help me out. And now he hangs out with them all the time. They're his wow. best friends. Are we sitting there complaining that our bus breaks down all the time? Or is it slowing us down to appreciate everything in between? I mean, mm -hmm. most travelers are going somewhere. A lot of people take their two-week vacation. And I'm going to go to Europe and see five countries in two weeks. I can't even comprehend it, you know? Mm -hmm. We show up somewhere. If we like it, we stay. Yeah. If we break down somewhere, maybe that's where we like it. We stay, you know? You never yeah. know. <laughs> and you have to be practical, too. For instance, Kambiwasi, underneath the, uh, the seat, underneath the bed, we have every part you could imagine that we yeah. would need to keep the, the, the car running. Sure. Except the only thing we don't carry is an extra motor. <laughs> but we could build the motor if we want on the highway. Yeah. This is no problem. Yeah. So you have to... Think of those things, you know. The essentials, for yeah. sure. Yeah, make a list of the things that you're going to need to keep the car running. And in that car, there's thousands of them everywhere. Every mechanic yeah. in every town... Especially here. ...knows how to work on them. Mm -hmm. we, we were broken down somewhere, and the guy shows up on his bicycle with the smallest little toolbox. He only has three tools in it. I have way more tools than he had. And <laughs> we couldn't figure out what was wrong. He got it fixed. And it was it was like $2. He was there for two hours, and he charges $2. It doesn't cost anything to have them, to keep uh, them going so. in these parts of the world. So have you found this lifestyle to be fairly economical? And also on that, how do you fund the adventure? How do you fund your journey? Well, um, different ways that we do it. Uh, it is economical because we want to make it economical. Mm -hmm. It's economical because the choices that we make lead us to be economical. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we? Just, I understand that you need money for gas. Those are things you cannot run a car without gas. So you right. need money for that. So what you do is you change your habits. You know, you choose where you want to put your money. You you develop a different relationship with what you have. Mm -hmm. You know, if we want to go to South America, then we're not gonna do this thing. We're gonna put our money to travel to South America. You don't need millions of dollars. That's that's a misconception that yeah. people have. Traveling honestly and truly is not expensive if you know how to do it. 
You know, if you change your values, that's about traveling. Yeah. So, so we save a little bit of money, you know. This month, we're going to say, because we're planning a trip to Nepal next year. Oh, okay, wow. we're saving money, you know, yeah. for Nepal. She does her jewelry, you know. Okay. Uh, in South America, there's people that want to learn English. You could teach them English and make money that way. You could work in a farm. We were uh, walking in San Cristobal the other day, and I told her, look, all the people that want that said help wanted. Yeah. Every place you could get a job, you know. Some of the viajeros that we met in South America, most of them were from Argentina. And they earn a living by juggling stuff in the streets, by mm -hmm. being waiters, by making drones, but it's amazing. Playing music. You have yeah. millions of ways that you can make money. So I don't think money should be an excuse for not doing what you want. Once, it once is very doable. I mean, for you to get from here to wherever you're going, it's going to cost a bus fare, a plane ticket, a train ride, or something. For us to get from here to there, we've just got a couple tanks of gas. Mm -hmm. It's really similar in price as taking, you know, unless you're taking just the bottom of the rung, you know, chicken bus or something, yeah. but any kind of decent travel, and I'm not talking first world travel, but just some basic travel. It's about the same, except along the way, we don't have to stop at a restaurant and eat. We crawl in the back and make our own food that we bought at the Mercado. Yeah. We've cut the cost of eating down to nothing. Uh, once you get somewhere, if you didn't have the, the van, you have to buy a hostel or an apartment or a rent or, or do something. We don't have any cost of living. The only cost is getting from here to there. Mm -hmm. So the, the faster you want to travel, it's going to cost more because yeah. more gas. But if you can slow down and stay in these places, it is very easy. I, I We were talking to locals in Ecuador. How much does does a full-time person making a minimum wage job make? About $2 an hour. For $16 a day, they work a full-time job and support their families. Living in the bus, if we're there for two weeks... I could set out my jewelry, sell it at Ecuador prices, just like here. Everyone's selling things at Mexico prices, which is a different value than in the States. And I was able to make $15 in a couple hours. My friends that would juggle would go out for a half hour and juggle and come home with $30 juggling wow. on the streets. So if he could live for $15, $16 a day, you could eat in the Mercado and cook your own food in your bus for about three to eight dollars a day for two people yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. all that extra money goes in your pocket for the gas to the next town yeah. you, you don't and, need you know anything. the other things expenses that we take for granted do not exist when you have the van life when you live in your bus such as mortgage well you mm -hmm. pay no mortgage you have no utility bills you have no insurance bills you don't have anything like that yeah. you know it's just it's just simply gas and food. Yeah, that's and whatever is extra for entertainment, whatever you want to do, you know. The conventional way just comes with so much baggage. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. It really just saddles exactly. you up with a lot of responsibility. That was another topic mm -hmm. I covered. Um, but one of the last reality questions that I wanted to touch mm -hmm. on is sustainability and uh, the use of resources. So this is something that's really holding me back because I'm already, I took last year three international flights, um, and I'm trying to pair that back. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm telling myself is if I do attempt to live in a van, mm -hmm. it needs to be equal or 
even more um, resourceful, sustainable, and just less wasteful. How do you guys feel about the topic? Do you feel like, um, depending on how fast you, you travel um, and the way you travel, that it can be a sustainable? And, and I think it's very sustainable. Like I say, for, you know, there's us, but there's so many people we met living van life. Yeah. Not from the United States that came with any kind of resources from up there, big jobs, where I worked and I, you know, saved for a year. But we're talking in Argentina, you go to school, you go to college, and when you're out of college, your job, no matter what your career profession is, neurosurgeon, coffee maker, or janitor, everyone starts at the basic minimum pay wage. And they have to work their, their tenure up over the years. And if you leave your job, you start back at the bottom. So a lot of them start traveling right out of college. And they don't, I mean, they don't have these resources. They didn't have like this great degree to go work for a year and have all this money. So they all do little things such as make jewelry. And, you know, here, you could spend eight hours, you know, two hours on a, a bracelet. You know, this one takes me, you know, an hour to make. And here... It sells for five dollars. But when it comes, I'm sorry. So my question was more along the lines of like the like the resources of so so say like the carbon emission of uh, of a flight versus that of van life or like gas, um, the use of gas. I think it's how fast you want to get somewhere. Yeah, I mean, flying back and forth across continental three times. This is a lot in a van. And I, I guess my, my segue was all those people are slowly moving through the continents on these simple, you know, economics, but saving enough money to pay $1,000 to go from South America to North America across the Darien Straits. Then they get to the U.S. somewhere and they ship their buses to Europe and they still continue wow. the van life going around the world yeah. using the limited resources they're able to make that. But you're moving slower. Yeah. The faster you move, the more demand. You know, we we, we traveled. We traveled. By the time we got to North America, we kind of zipped home, so it cost us more without that opportunity to balance it out with other things. Yeah, and if all you want to do is drive yeah. from South America to to you know from Patagonia to Alaska, yeah, it's all carbon emissions. Probably, probably the thing. best way that I could answer that question is that when you're traveling in a van. Although you have ideas of where you want to go, you really have no destination mm. because the trip itself is the adventure. Uh-huh. So if you land in San Cristobal de las Casas and all of a sudden you're broke, you got no more money, so you park your van and you go get a job. Go work, make, make it happen. Yeah. You know, it's not, this, it's not a calendar type of uh, a schedule where we have to vacation. get some, we're not on vacation, it's a lifestyle. So just like you would do at home. You know, if you want a bigger apartment, what do you do? You go get a job, you know? You want a pickup, you go get a job. Same thing. Yeah. Except that it's in a very reduced scale. Sure. It's something that is manageable, and it doesn't rob life from you. Yeah. It actually gives you life. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. I think, yeah, that's the... That's the... Um, what I kind of came to with my, my understanding was... 
if I was to do it, then the there are levers that you can pull to actually Absolutely. to make it a little bit more sustainable and Absolutely. friendly on resources. We have we know people that uh, Mario and Jose from Spain. Mm-hmm. They've been traveling in South America for five years, and they do videos. Oh, they wow. do videos and they sell their videos, traveling videos, and that's how they make a living. That's know? great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You become very, very resourceful. Yeah. And a lot of people are able to fly, I mean, on their, you know, those things. Still, you don't have to take your van to Europe. You want to go to Europe once a year? You're living your life. You're no longer paying Airbnb prices. You're no longer having to eat out all the time, you know. In these countries, there's you know simple grocery stores. You park near somewhere. You know yeah. we don't have a fridge or even an ice chest. Yeah. We keep everything in a cupboard in a little plastic box. It's fresh. It's that's that, it. Yes, I know. So that's what and you know that that ability is you're not spending all the money. It, it costs maybe four hundred dollars a month to stay in the hostel we're at for for one person for both of us. It's like fifty dollars, and we're living it up because we're using it every day, which usually we don't. And if we're not moving, say we make friends and we've got somewhere we can park or we find somewhere like on the Zocalo that we could park for free. We have no expenses for the month except for two, three dollars for food for the day. Yeah. It's 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 that that opposite is you're not moving, you're Mm -hmm. not your car, you live in a car, but your car doesn't have to be producing emissions. It's your home. You park it. Home is where you park it. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, you could control, you just control. Yeah. Right. And, and then you maybe go back to, you know, somewhere else cool like Oaxaca and you stay there for six months. And yeah. if you're going to take the bus or something, you could still take the Collectivos. You could still use public transit. You could still rent a bike. You could have a bike in your bus and ride around town. Yeah. Put it on your roof rack. You could drive your bus to where you need to go once in a while. Really? You really change the impact of it. I mean, how much does it take to keep a nice house painted and all these resources re-roof yeah. it new wiring new plumbing fix this new dishes new carpet your carbon print your your resources you're using on a bigger space it's mm, a great point it's insane absolutely right so that's uh, all of the reality questions so we can um pivot over to to travel because as I said before it is something that I just love talking about um, so much so I wanted to find out um, I'm going to narrow it down mm-hmm. what's yeah. been your favorite mm, either between North America uh, Central, America, Central America or South America what's your favorite South America favorite country uh, favorite area area South America wow Central that's, South that's or North <laughs> um <laughs> I would say South America, probably. Yeah. And in South America, what's your favorite country? Oh, that's a hard one. I love all my Colombian oh. people, Peruanos. <laughs> Peru and Colombia. Peru. Peru. I mean, I, 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 if, if we are forced to choose a country, I would, I would say Peru. 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 And right. do you have a favorite city? Oh, that, no, I don't. No. No. So why no. Peru? To me, it, to me personally, is one of the most beautiful places on Mother Earth. You have mountains, lakes. Uh, one the time we camp, we come to see at fifteen thousand feet in the Andes. We saw condors flying in the Coca Canyon. We went to the Amazon and sailed down the Amazon. Wow, that part of the planet is incredible. Fresh fruit from the jungles and. Yeah, and it oh, keeps us in the jungle, you know. Dreams. 
Yeah. I love fruit. So I, I think Peru. Peru. Uh, why Peru? Well, it has indigenous uh, population, which are very in tune with my beliefs of the world and life. So that's a big plus for me. And it also is very, very, and the terrain is very different. It has deserts. It has mountains. It has everything. Everything. Variety. Animals. The vegetation. It's not a monotonous country. And I've never been. Yeah. Uh, But then Colombia. Oh my gosh, Colombia. Yeah. Colombia was great. Colombia was great. The people made Colombia. Everything made Peru. That's special. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say which is my favorite. That's what it's. (laughs) And it, it sounds like just from speaking with you guys that you, the destination, like the the actual route is kind of just evolves it always evolves okay. yeah what is the next general direction that you guys are going well we were going to oaxaca but oaxaca. but instead we're going to go to guatemala yeah, for a little bit right and then yeah. we'll make our way to oaxaca you know, why not it's just the flow yeah where yeah, we, you're feeling yeah. at the moment that's what's beautiful yeah, yeah. we had beautiful. no intention of going to guatemala but we're so close so let's go to guatemala <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I just want to wrap up, and I just have a couple quick... This is, I, I feel like this might be fun. So I just have a couple questions that I'm going to pepper you guys with, and you can either answer together, or you can answer separately. Okay. I would prefer separately, but okay. I'll let you guys decide. So what is the top benefit of van travel? The top benefit of life travel. Van travel. Van, van travel. I would say being in control of your own destinations. I agree. So yeah. many times that you're you're in a on a tour or a bus or you're going from say here to Oaxaca. Yeah. And what was that? Oh, I wish we could have stopped. I think so. Oh. So many times. That happens so many times. Taking life into your own hands, you know, uh-huh. and realizing that you are superhuman. Mm. That's what it does to me, you know. That's perfect. So what would be the biggest challenge if you had to name one? Challenge? Um, biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> None? I don't, know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Just, I don't know. You know, we're running out of food is not a challenge. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to answer the question. Wow, well, oh, that's, that's fine. That's you know, I kind of like that response. <laughs> if we consider, if we consider mechanical breakdown challenges, yeah. well, okay, those are the challenges. Or, or you know, walking around looking for a shower, okay, those are challenges. If that's the challenge, so that's it. But big challenges that will make me stop doing it or make it difficult. No, I can't no we just wow. jump right back in. There's yeah. nothing that makes that's us it. even consider not. No. And sort of on that topic. Have you ever had any doubts about it, about living in a van? Absolutely not. Oh, no. No, no. no. Uh, that was how we started this life. We ditched only, everything exactly. and jumped in feet first. All I say is, why didn't I do this when I was long time? Really? Okay. Instead of in the last few years. Yeah. When, I was in, no. when I bought my first bus, I used to sit there staring at it and vision back when I owned everything, how I could fit everything in there and just yeah. take off and live it in. I could never get everything in there. And, but it was always that thing. I could always move in my bus. I could always just live in the bus. And I never took that leap or that faith. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, in life, maybe you've got to go through some different experiences and different challenges Absolutely. in life. You've got to grow yeah. and you've got Absolutely. to be in the right place. I could not have done it. I could not have done it then. But, you know, seven years ago, it's exactly what I did. Without 
you know, we were friends, but we hadn't planned on going on a trip together. I was just at a point in my life that I gave everything to the thrift store, parted with everything that I could, sold what I could. I had a little stash in storage somewhere that I could sell later if I needed more funds, but a ridiculously small amount. And I finished outfitting my van for living in. I asked them a question. I say, if you were on a train, if you want to come with me, would you jump off the train with me? She goes, absolutely. We jumped. We jumped. We jumped. Great question. Yeah. That was van life. That's perfect. (laughs) That is van life. And with hindsight now, is there anything that you would do differently at all? Concerning travel? Concerning the bus? Concerning the current lifestyle, yeah, like the bus, anything really. Anything that would come, the first thing that would come to mind that you would potentially do differently. I think we're doing, I'm doing what I want to be doing. Yeah, I don't yeah, have I'm any. Doing this I am I in love with Even my like life. the customization of the van? Anything? It's always evolving. Like this, yeah. this last yeah. week, we, we just needed a little <laughs> bit more counter space, so we ended up with a little scrap piece of wood, a couple yeah, of pieces I just of made a little table. Yeah, we have this that. little slide-in thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we have problems hitting the roof sometimes, and we went to the Mercado and got some little benches. I saw the street vendors sitting place, on little so. benches. I saw the street vendors. We walked all over Cholula trying to find out where they buy them. And I told them, I have this bad habit. I said, if we don't find one, yeah. I'm going to buy one off the street vendor. And I did. I've seen it. Those things are cute. I <laughs> bought nice. one off the yeah. street vendor. I bought it right out from under her. Yeah. And I was like, I've got it. It's got a story. It's from Cholula, that over right there by on. the pyramid. So it's always <laughs> changing. It's always evolving. Yeah. yeah. That's a great response yeah, for it. Days. And last question. What are you looking forward to the most this year? Um, concerning traveling or in general just anything the any living life in well for me amazing. waking up every day is waking up so every joyful day. about being alive <laughs> every time I wake up that's that's what I want cool. you know excellent I love meeting people I love yeah, getting that's out my favorite. and that's my pushing favorite. me out of my comfort zone exactly it's it's like doing, I was I was a shut in <laughs> <laughs> doing podcasts now hey Sorry. it's my first one <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So that's that's everything. Do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to share at all? I just do want to say that, uh, you know, although thing, not everything is for everybody, mm-hmm. I think everybody owes to itself, to himself or herself, to give it a try of something that they want to do. And if, they, if it's not for them, fine. But at least they love themselves enough to tr- give it a try. Yeah. You know, try it out. Let's see what happens. That's yeah. perfect because I think this, there's a be there's a lot of people that are in the same situation, just on the fence, and mm-hmm. they need this these types of words. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. We are especially in the states programmed to have these expectations. We need to fulfill. We need to you know do this. We need to get the house. We need to have this. We need to have that. You know, and to be successful. But what I learned in my first experience driving to Mexico, we went to Baja. And we saw the poorest people. We saw, at that time, the deplorable conditions of the way they lived compared to the way I was raised. And they had nothing. And they were always willing to share everything. But the biggest difference I saw between them to the south of the border and everyone living to the north of the border was something on their faces. They were poor as can be, and they all had the biggest smiles on their faces. Without anything, mm-hmm. they were happy. The more we hold on to our material possessions and our needs and our big and our establishment, 
and our security, the unhappier we are. I look around when I go back to the States, and I don't see a lot of happy people. You go out into these little small villages where they're having to pedal little things, they will give you the shirt off your back, they will feed you and want nothing in return, and they're just so happy to help another human and be, yeah. a, be in connection with somebody. And so, these possessions at the end are the chains that prevent yeah. us from being free. That's the bottom line to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree completely. Yeah. And uh, do you want to share where everybody can, can find you uh, on oh, social yeah. media? We are combiwasi.com. So that will take you to get a hold of us. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the, uh, the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Right. And I'd say it really did push me in a certain direction. So. <laughs> and I think you know what that I'm is. We hope to see on the road someday. I'm going to yeah. keep an eye on we'll your see. page and yes. see where you're going. Yeah. I'll, I'll be telling you guys in the back. We'll <laughs> yes. see you in the rear view mirror. All right. All right. Cool. Right. Thanks again, guys. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking us. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And that's the end of my conversation with Samba and Teco. I had such a great time speaking with them and getting to know them as well. I could chat with them for hours. And this part of the conversation, it's definitely my favorite. It's just so full of incredible stories about Samba and Teco's travels. I love each and every story about when they were taken care of by strangers along their way, particularly in uh, Colombia. It really warms my heart, and it shows just how much good there is in this world. I talk a lot about creating your own reality by choosing how to perceive the things that happen to you. I honestly, sometimes I have a difficult time practicing this. Samba and Teco, they do it so well. A story that really demonstrates it is when Kambiwasi broke down in Bolivia. Instead of allowing this to ruin their time, they found positivity in the moment, and it ended up being the highlight of their time in the country. They choose not to complain about when their van breaks down, as they truly see it as an opportunity to slow down and appreciate the places and people in between their destinations. Now, this is a little secret to happiness. Master this practice of finding joy in any moment, and it'll always be a tool in your happiness toolkit. I truly hope that our paths cross again, and when they do, I'll certainly try my best to get them back on the podcast. But until then, keep cutting the noise and make room for what's essential. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss any future episodes, please subscribe to my podcast.